Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Dave Skull, it's Monday here in the dead now of winter, uh, Dave, and unfortunately kind of the uh, the dead part of this uh, this sports year now as well. I don't know about you, uh, but I felt uh, downright sad uh, with the, the arrival of the end of uh, the NFL regular season uh, and now here uh, trying to deal with uh, the college football championship game tonight. The idea of there being like there's no game on tonight, you know, that, that sort of – I'm not ready for this just yet. It comes in it comes in waves, right? With like a college football regular season ends, and that's like a that's one benchmark. We're like, all right, well, I don't have any more of this. And then bowl season ends, and even if bowls don't matter that much anymore, it's kind of like, all right, well, I don't have college football to watch anymore. And then the playoffs or the regular season ends for NFL. Now we're gonna have the college football national championship tonight, and then we've got a couple more weeks of playoffs, and then the Super Bowl, and then we have no football. Well, we have, I don't know, UFL? I, I'm Are just, you ready for that? <laughs> UFL? I forgot that was a thing until they started playing those commercials again. It's not a thing. It's not. Uh, not going to watch that. Uh, listen, there, God never made a bigger junkie for football than me. Yeah, me too. And yeah. I, there, I, reach, I do reach a place where I'm both sad that the season is over and uh, not the least bit willing to watch another minute of it. Like the season in, I'm not trying to watch any of these spring leagues at all. And I think really what we're engaging in here, unfortunately, Dave, is uh, in an exercise in trying to make peace with the fact that we don't have near the typical interest and storylines and things to occupy our attention with men's basketball three months sooner than we are used to this sort of thing. Yeah, uh, and nobody wants to look. I, I, Mark and I are both – well, we'll we'll have dalliances here and there. We're both staunchly against doing coaching change or coaching search radio while we have a coach. Um, I mean, Ethan Moore totally fine with it. Was that Ethan, Ethan, yeah, Moore. Ethan Moore? That is that is most of his shows right now. Not saying that we won't like every once in a while mention somebody and talk about them, but I mean, we're talking about Cronin today. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not like we won't do it, but we're just not going to do whole shows based around that until the the thing happens because we're going to have plenty of of content after that, but. We're stuck in a place where we don't want to talk about the product on the floor because it seems like it's just the same. Nobody wants to do the same show five days a week. Right. 
Nobody wants to do the same show after every single game. And we've had plenty of seasons, whether it was men's basketball with Chris Mack in his last year or, you know, the end of Petrino's era or Satterfield a lot where we're just doing the same post-game shows and the same day-after shows. And now we're stuck in the same thing on two years in a row with Kenny Payne. And this is a situation where everybody knows the marriage is over, but we don't know when specifically it's going to happen. But, man, like, the more you talk about it, the more vitriolic people get. And, like, I've tried to be uh, – I think I've been fair with Kenny. I don't really care if people don't think I have been. I, I, I can only be true to myself. I've been fair with Kenny, but at some point it gets to the point where it's like, man, I don't want to run anybody down. Right. I really don't want to just keep saying the bad – like, the, the things he's doing wrong over and over again because we all know it, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's – it's like, man, I really don't want to like, get in arguments with people about it and and, and – and if you do the same show every day, everybody's going to get tired of it, including us. Yeah, I, listen, I thoroughly agree with you on sort of being committed to no matter how sideways this has gone. And it, it's it's almost impossible to imagine it being having gone worse than it yeah. has uh, up to this point that I've, I've never wanted to engage in uh, pot shots, you know, or, or anything that's just insulting or mockery. Yeah, because. He is still one of our own, and I don't really feel like that's ever what our job is, uh, especially while he is still one of our own. We'll make fun of Scott here and there, but, <laughs> right. you know. I don't, like, the worst part about this is I don't want another, which is probably inevitable, but I, I hate to think that we're going to have an awful relationship with an alumni for the rest of his life, but it, that's not the number one concern, but it sucks. We'd like to have a relationship after this. I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know. We don't want to. We don't take any joy in this, right. and I don't want to wallow in it. And I don't think most people want to either. But that's the unfortunate part about these situations where you have, um, basically a, a you know, a lame duck coach. When the same conversations keep happening over and over again, it tends to breed really negative feelings, or people get more extreme each day, and they get more vitriolic, and, and yep. people just get m more upset. Not on one. And, I don't like they don't think people care like now the administration doesn't care, which isn't true. And then the people that defend Kitty think that everything has been an injustice. Right. And he hasn't been treated fairly. When at the end of the day, there's just nothing you can point to to be like, that's why he needs another year. <laughs> there's just nothing. Uh, and then you got the injuries piling on top, which which is just going to make it worse. Right. But it's also going to make the people that are pro Kenny more entrenched as if he's had only injuries for the last year and a half so it's the whole thing just is negative until somebody it's true in a sense what injuries non-stop yeah for two years yeah i guess i guess it is, it is. not necessarily just are limited to the players right 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 not just it's no it's been it's been one gut shot after another sure <laughs> but but not necessarily to the players um but at the end of the day you know it's it's going to be this way until you change the conversation. And the only way the conversation changes is if you take away that that variable. Like we know for sure that that's happening. Yep. He's gone and and we can move on to who's going to come next, you know, who's coming next and and and, and who's going to be the next head coach. That's 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 why this is so frustrating and on top of that there was a bye for the women yesterday so I can't even talk about women. You have that, right? <laughs> Well, I did want to, before we get into to too terribly much uh, detail here about all of this, I did want uh, to express our sympathies to Jerry Jones' family uh, on his passing a legend. 
uh, one of the I am constantly struck by the number of guys who were Denny's assistants who were in no hurry to leave, which yeah. I think says something, uh, and who have come back or stayed as just parts of the community, just like he did, uh, and how much they they themselves were also revered. Uh, and I loved the fact that at the very beginning of this show, we were sort of just trying to get a foothold. Uh, he would call in several times uh, with really, really funny, quality stuff uh, from him, just sort of insights of what it's like to be a coach and work under Denny and that sort of thing. Uh, and I'm sure that uh, he will be missed uh, by everyone uh, who knew him. And I know that a lot of former players and such had made uh, made it a point to come back here and see him at least once more before uh, this. So, uh, obviously thoughts and prayers with his family uh, after this today yeah over the last couple of months there's been a lot of pictures of his former players coming in uh and uh and paying their respects and saying goodbye to coach and you know he's a class act and i remember when he used to come on the show and and um uh, just you know obviously our our heartfelt condolences to his family and the entire community around him i know nicole on twitter is is yeah i believe his granddaughter yeah um and uh you know, they've just, I know they've seen it coming for a long time, but it's never, doesn't make it easier, you know, and, and he's a legend and, and, and may he rest in peace. Yeah. So many of those people uh, that were associated with in, in, in people's minds with the best of, of Denny's tenure uh, in that period of time in Louisville basketball, uh, couldn't speak high, more highly of him and his role. And, and I think Denny didn't hold back on praising the role that those guys played in his yeah. success as well yeah for sure no he had a great as you said they they all stuck around yeah i mean they were all long-termers you know bill olsen ended up being <laughs> the athletic director who hired my dad actually yeah um and you know wade houston a lot of different people that were around for a long time and and they were so instrumental to the success here um that's what strong staffs do you know and and he's reunited with his head coach you know up in heaven and you know, another Louisville legend passes. Well, look, we've got a ton uh, that we are going to get into here uh, today. Uh, it might feel like whiplash because we're basically talking about meltdowns on one side with Louisville men's basketball, McCronin, <laughs> and some others uh, on that side. And then Jeff Brom, uh, who is putting on a clinic. Uh, in terms of roster management and uh, portal management overall. Uh, not perfect, uh, but I'll be damned if uh, they're not absolutely meeting their needs uh, and then some. Every time that I open Twitter. Correct. Every day. Another, I, I can't tell if it's the For Me tab and I'm just getting the same updates from like two days ago or if it's, you know, what Twitter likes to do. Uh, and it's every single time it's a new commit. Yeah, Brady Brom's going to get his account suspended at some point, <laughs> you know, for tweeting this That's consistently right. uh, like this. But it really, I think it has been encouraging. There's really very few things, uh, Dave, that, that uh, more power-packed with goodwill for fans than, than quality commitments. They're just, there's almost nothing outside of wins themselves. I don't really know what goes better or what what gets more from fans than when you when quality kids commit it, it just, yeah. it's it's like it's like it's like winning an election like yeah. you had options you picked here just like me love Look, it outside outside like you said of wins the the biggest way 
to garner goodwill is is recruits. I mean, that's you can they can buy you another year if you're a coach. Uh, I mean, it can it can really fire up a fan base in the off season and the in the talking season. I mean, that's when you get. I mean, right now we've got you know multiple college football analysts having us as the number one, or at least everybody has us in the top five transfer class on any metric, whatever metric they use. And I think on three had us number one or somebody did. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's wild what they keep doing today. Obviously the most recent one was Wesley Walker safety from Tennessee. One of the highest rated safeties in the portal, uh, another yeah. sec caliber starter, uh, being brought into Louisville. I mean, this is just, I just continuously get excited <laughs> every time and like can next football season here. I'm not one to wish away days for obvious right. reasons, uh, but but uh, football season has never felt further away. I know, right? Well, because it literally isn't. Yeah, it can't. Mark at eleven thirty tonight. Football season couldn't be farther away, and it feels like it. Yeah, it's, it's, it does. There's a reason why it feels that way. Uh, but this is this is when when you when you're excited about football, things like spring football games get way more important. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. We can turn that back into the event. It's it's used to be around here for for a good stretch there, and I think Jeff was committed to doing that last year, yep. uh, and I think you'll see it again this year in in growing moving forward because there's so many great things with the Derby Festival and Thunder and everything that you can incorporate. You know the Louisville Spring Game either the Friday before or whatever you want to do with it. That there's just so much potential to turn that back into a. Uh, you know, a showcase for Louisville fans. Give them a little taste so they can stay engaged, especially when basketball is just get men's basketball is doing nothing for the fan base right now. Yeah, it, it's, you know, last year after the Pitt game, uh, you'll recall that in that game, a Pitt player mouthed off to Kenny. Remember that? Where Kenny was yeah. talking about yelling to one of his guys to rotate over. Hurry up, and then he didn't, and the pit guy drilled, drilled the shot, and the kid turned right to Kenny's like, he didn't get there too slow. And Kenny said he loved it, and we're all like, well, you loved it. Hey, right. That's We find that both humiliating and infuriating kind of all at the same time. Uh, and, but it, there was something about Pitt a year ago that felt like a new low because for us, we remember Kevin Stallings, and we remembered all the years where no matter how bad Louisville was, or relatively speaking, how – how much they were struggling at any point in time, they would always beat the hell out of Pitt. Yeah, money in the bank. Every time. You remember Quentin Snyder gets hurt, and there's that stretch where Donovan Mitchell had to play point, and they beat Pitt by $8 million, uh, at Pitt. And there was tens of people uh, at that game in, at Pittsburgh. Uh, and now we're Pittsburgh. Yeah. And it, there, it was Please just – don't say that again. Well, <laughs> I know. I, I didn't I like know. it either. Mark, I know, but I know. Yeah, we have to tell the truth, but it hurt me. I already had some heartburn. I thought you saw my face, and then you said that, and it really, I don't know, man. A little bit of me dies every time we say something like that. What bothers me about this one is, you know, I, I thought last year's pit team was pretty workmanlike, but they were a little older, and uh, it was progress for them uh, last year. Like, But they beat the hell out of Louisville last year, too. Uh, but that that pit team was okay, like they 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 were all right. 
but I I feel like this one isn't that great and hasn't been playing great basketball at all. And they still, to me, they never like I don't think anyone on that team talked any trash because they didn't have to. No. And they didn't really feel like it was a the kind of game where they could even do, where they would need to, like where it would matter. Uh, it, it didn't even look like that. It didn't. This was the first time it really felt like they didn't even think they really accomplished anything. That well, <laughs> that's another. another it, listen, I don't enjoy this, but that's how it felt watching. No, it. It you're felt right. Very like, let's all go through these motions. Well, that's and that's what people are terrified of. Really, I mean, that's what all Louisville fans are are scared of is that we can't. Every single one of these losses, every one of them, knocks us down a peg. You know, and and it's clear the fear is gone. The fear was gone years ago. Uh, I mean, they're not—they don't—they're not afraid of our coach. They're not afraid of our fans. They're not afraid of our building. You know, they're not afraid of of the players on the court. There is no aura to the University of Louisville right now. You know, and this is not me being defeatist and saying we can't. I am fully, one hundred percent on the side of it. Won't take much to recapture it. I promise. It'll be a step-by-step process, and it might take a year or two to fully, you know, a couple of years to get back to where we need to get. But guys, we can we can we can recapture some of this in the first season after after this oh, debacle. Sure. You know, we can recapture even more of it the second year. We can get back to where we need to get. But the further we dig down, is the more it's going to take to recapture that glory. <laughs> and I'm not saying that Kenny wasn't down some. We were dug down some when he sure when he, he didn't took inherit over the job. it. At the Nobody's height. ever right. saying that. Everybody agrees with that. But he kept digging, and we're lower now than we were before. And there's no denying that whatsoever. We are worse off now than the day Kenny Payne took the job. Yeah. So when you talk about progress, like man, we were already broken down pretty far. It's not going to break us down to build us back up. And most coaches can start doing that in the pro in the scope of one year. This is a situation where keep breaking us down with nowhere doesn't seem like we're building, you know, in, in any clear direction. I don't have to have that conversation anymore because I think the conversation has been had. But this is why I just don't think this thing's going to last through January because I just don't think we can keep keep digging that hole. You know, like it's just the the the, the feeling around the fan base and – you know, these ridiculous conversations I get tagged in, you know, <laughs> all the time on Twitter, it just can't can't keep on this way. Like, I can't keep seeing new pictures of the building of the Yum Center with, like, 1,100 people in it, maybe. I, I did want to say, though, uh, to, to give a, many of you credit uh, out there, uh, I thought Eric Crawford, you know, made sure to tweet, the crowd was – a little larger for a weekend yeah. crowd, a little over 5,000, I think, is what they uh, announced. I was talking about the ones right before no, I understand. tip off. Yeah, but I understand. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But the crowd uh, was a little bigger than I ever would have thought and was fairly loud in, in any instance where they had a chance to yeah. cheer about something. And there, it felt sad, like the, the damning by faint praise. You know, there were a couple of times the announcers – uh, really tried to have the energy requisite for like Louisville to go on a run, and all they all Louisville had done is like cut the lead to eight. 
right you know stuff like that and it was just like god they're really trying but i wanted to just give fans who who showed out showed up for the game a lot of props uh, for that there's been a lot of talk about attendance and how that's going to drive decisions and there are many of you who are convinced going is is um implicit support of this so you don't feel like you should do it yeah. and i don't really have an argument uh, for you i just don't agree but for those of you that go props you're awesome uh, for doing that i, I love uh, that there are still folks who are going to be out there this is just not a dead fan base it's not and if I it was we wouldn't that. have these argue these passionate arguments yep. you know that uh, i wouldn't keep getting tagged in those things but yep. there is a a place where it's you know counterproductive eventually like people care a great deal but there's there can be some damage done that's hard to to come back from you know when when it gets this negative now if you hire you make a good hire in a couple of years we're, we're humming most of that'll be erased sure almost all of it but there's some there's some deep cuts you know yeah. with this with this uh with this hire in this situation i'll put it that way you know, if you think about your life uh, in general. I do all the time. Th- right, sure. Uh, if you think about it, how many times do you ever have to really sit and do something that you don't want to do or be around people that you really don't want to be around, like that you choose? I'm not talking about your job. I'm talking about choosing to go do something and you realize, like, like, I'm going to hate everything I, I see and hear here. Right. It's almost never. You don't even have to watch any shows you don't like. Nothing. And I I really think the days of a fan base, any fan base, anywhere, just sitting through it are over. Yeah. You like you're any fan base, not just Louisville. Uh, no one's going to continue to draw full houses through losing seasons ever again. I Those mean, days you, are over. You've you've pointed out plenty of times. I mean, the Nebraska sellout streak. You know, at, at a Husker Stadium, like it, it's, it is uh, subsidized. Yes. You know, it, it is like there are boosters and alumni that don't want to see that that streak in that have bought tickets, and if you watch those games, they're not always full. You know, those tickets are sold, but they're not all people aren't all, aren't all there. Like yeah. it, it's, it's not a given anymore. You know, anybody's message board you can go on if you're into that type of thing. Kansas, whoever, like they're they're sold out for the big games. They're loud and they're crazy and they're great arenas. But if you go to a, a normal game on a November or December, it's McNeese State or something. They're not sold out. At least they're not full. Football, same thing. You have people uh, clutching their pearls at at the attendance at every place: Oklahoma, yeah. Alabama, wherever. Like, where are the students? Yeah, these entitled kids. Where are they? Um, I did see that old CD counted. 41 students at the game Saturday. That sounds about right. And that's one of the things, like, the, man, the Yum Center, it's, it's – the student section can be great, can be really good, but it's always been a struggle because it's not on campus, you know, so it's pretty easy for kids, especially over break. And they're just not getting back into school for them not to show up. You know, it's easier for them not to come to the games than it is for them to get on a shuttle or, or jump in with their friends and make their way downtown. Yeah, especially over break. That's always been an issue. All right, let's go ahead and take a, a, a quick break here. And uh, when we come back, we can open up the phones. Uh, we can let folks uh, begin to uh, to jump in here, give us their thoughts on 
what it is that we saw on Saturday and sort of where we stand, uh, where we are here, uh, get some thoughts on the game. Because even – well, there was – we had really bad news about J.J. Trainer, uh, and then just sort of overall where this roster is. And even still, some of the comments and some of the things that we saw in the game, no less alarming uh, than any other time this year. And we'll talk about some of that as well. And then a lot of football. Uh, here on the National Championship Day, which you'll have here on ESPN Mobile. So a lot to get into here uh, mm-hmm. throughout the day here, but we'll take a quick break and come right back on the drive on Nintendoville. Right back. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Listening to the drive presented by Fitness Market right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here. The phone lines are open. 8150-9393-9831-939 for the uh, UPS Shops text line. If you want to hit us up that way. Be happy to talk uh, with you, Dave. You can tell uh, it's not going well for you when two fouls of a three-point shooter are not enough, oh. and you do it a third time. I don't. I, I should have asked Kelly to do this, but like, I, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen some a team do it to another team three times. You would have to like. I've watched thousands, thousands. Of college basketball games in my life. I can't tell you for sure that I've ever seen that before. One team doing it. Like right. combined maybe in a in a game, maybe. Three times by one team. I can't tell you confidently that I've ever seen that before. And I feel like that's something Kelly Dickey could look up. Oh, I'm sure. I'm uh, but I just it it seems it's emblematic of the just the the lack of attention to detail uh the kind of the just the general wreck like recklessness that really i think has characterized year and a half of basketball uh, unfortunately uh with with kenny where it's like here's the thing that you, that's dumb for anyone to do and that is almost never a bad call and is almost never the result of you doing the right thing Right, that's, that's the key, right there. Like, yeah, it's almost always the result of uh, having to frantically get wherever you were, being out of position, some sort of frustration, uh, whatever it might be. And it's not like Pitt was in an amazing three-point team to where you knew you better fly out there at all times. That's the scout. No, you know, not to interrupt you, but that's no, where that's... that comes in. 
it's all connected is what I'm saying. Like when somebody does that same mistake three times, you can look at it a bunch of different ways. None of them are good. Like, well, they, they clearly don't know the scout where you like, yeah, you want to close out on a three point shooter always, but aggressively like that to where it's like the end of the world. If they get the shut off Two, if you keep doing it, clearly there's no consequences for it, which is the, which is the theme, right? The, Opening sequence of the game, you get an offensive turnover, pick gets a run out, and Tyler Johnson olays as the guy lays it in. This was an awful clip that I saw a million times on Twitter. Like, right out of the gate. And that's the thing. Like, you can only ask fans to show up so many times and, and be positive and be ready to... to support you and you can only be promising that you're you're we're, we're getting there we're this is going somewhere uh this we're making progress and then a turnover and a run out and a, and a just sort of a, a wave at a guy as he scores and look i recognize uh, that they were especially shorthanded and it probably would have been bad for tyler to get himself in foul trouble but come on man it it, it perfectly symbolized everything that happened for the rest of the 39 and a half minutes in that game it set the tone for sure and everyone was just kind of like oh great this again <laughs> you know but when you when you make those those basic mistakes over and over again it's because there's not a you know that you don't have something to go back to you know and, and the thing is Kenny can't switch it up right now with benching folks like if you're yelling at them or anything like that it's it's tough if they don't if you don't set that tone during practice all the time you know like it's 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 hard to switch it up. I'm not saying that he should like you should you should always use the bench. It's your best tool. You should always use it. There should always be consequences to screwing up. You know, you have to send a message somehow. And clearly just telling them isn't working. You know, there has to be some kind of consequences. But what I mean is when you try to switch something up like when you've always been one way and you try to change your you can't change your nature as a coach. Not everybody yells and screams and there's a lot of people that are really effective that don't do that. Right. But I think every single successful coach has the 100% respect and a little bit of fear of their players. And obviously the players like Kenny. I'm not saying they don't because they've rode for him a few times already this year. But that's not necessarily the same as respect as a coach or, or certainly not fear. Yeah, there is, I would totally agree with you that the, no player uh, seems to display concern over consequences yeah for anything like none of them uh and, and none of the behavior that really measures uh, any of that changes at all i mean I'm, I'm, i looked at ken palm earlier today louisville's down in the 300s in the opponent two-point percentage the steals like steal percentage they don't steal the ball mm -hmm. uh, at all they're in the 250s and just overall defensive efficiency, which to me is like always one of those places that really measures the degree to which players are bought in and connected. There's five individuals can't be a good defense. Yeah, uh, that's it, it is always a team function. It's very and, complimentary, and it's always the thing that really is not uh, opponent dependent. You can always be play a certain way defensively. We've watched. The great teams do it. We've watched the great Louisville teams uh, do it. They have not improved at all defensively from the day he arrived. 
Yeah. And I have, I have to say, of all the things uh, that I thought we might say, I, I, well, first of all, I never thought it would be like this. I never thought it would go like this. Uh, I thought he was going to be like Kevin Keats at NC State. But he's, I mean, we're miles away from that. Where we have like a seven or eight year conversation about whether this is the guy. Yeah, it's like keeps, they're an eight seed and they're missing. They're, they're on the bubble or in or an eight seed or worse every yeah, single year. And they're constantly having like five star kids who don't show up. And, yeah. all, you know, but like they're in the conversation for some of these guys, stuff like that. Like I really thought, if you had asked me to really predict, that's what I thought, that we would just be constantly talking about them like that. Uh, but I never would have believed anyone. Who said? Who would would say this team's going to be a, a one of the worst defensive teams you've ever seen yeah. for two years? And they are. So one of the and we constantly talk about the red flags that there were in the first off season and the first season. And the thing that we kept going back to last year in season, I remember it vividly, was man, any coach worth his salt can generally you can figure out what kind of defense they're trying to run, and you can organize five good athletes into a decent defense. And all last year we were going, man, they don't have principles. They don't have defensive principles that they that they go back to defensive touchstones that they that they've been taught and ingrained in them. You know, and, and, and a lot of people try to explain it away with the attitudes and everything. That's fine, but man, I've never seen a successful coach that couldn't at least get them on the same page. On like if they lack certain basketball skills, that's fine, you know, on the offensive side and, and it's going to be a struggle. There's Patino teams that struggle to score. Sure, we had plenty of them, uh, and this is not a zero to Patino situation. But right, if if uh, like they all guarded, you know, and that's what I was hoping we'd at least get out of last year's team. When I looked at it, going, man, there's just no. They don't look like they have principles that have been hammered into them, to where they know where they're supposed to be. They know where the reaction when when somebody vacates this spot, when there's a rotate, like anything. They just didn't look like they knew what they were doing. Uh, and a lot of that has carried over this year with a, almost a brand-new roster. I wanted to read this. A little bit of a lengthy uh, text, but I wanted to read it. Uh, I went to a meaningless final game of the Bengals season yesterday, and it was fun. The fans that went there just to watch football and cheer on their team, they just wanted to see a win. We're focused on the results of that single game because it didn't matter for them. Yeah. I think the Louisville fan base is so ready for just that. I don't know that it happens while Kenny is still there. Uh, but I think a large portion of the fan base comes back and can live with cheering their team on in a game-by-game, single-result basis. That's not sustainable long-term, but we're ready just to have something to cheer for. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Of course it does. Yeah, of course uh, it does. I, I think when fans can presume that their efforts and like their emotional commitment to it and their willingness to be there and cheer it on isn't going to be uh, ignored in vain in vain. Yeah. But I, I, it's almost like there's like a, a second layer to it. Like not only in vain appreciated. Yeah. Well, but like, it's not going to be mocked by the product. I'm just going to keep throwing things. I understand that they all work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but like, I'm going to, I just want to go to games and not be feel like a fool. Like you're asking me to cheer for this. You think I'm an idiot. Yeah. yeah, that's no one's going to do that anymore. Like with Bengals fans, they knew like, all right, so Joe Burrow's out. We've had a litany of injuries this year, uh, but we've seen this coaching staff and this right. roster do great things the yeah. last couple of years. Like, let's stick with it, and it's always fun to beat the Browns. 
whole division is right. above 500 I mean, this year. Right. Exactly. So, dying in, unlike the East, right, Spencer? And we'll get to that at some oh, point. Oh, yeah. Today. I'm sure we will. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the streak ends. And the Jets, but the Jets winning completely screws them and drops right. them like four spots in the draft. I love it. It's great. Great for me. Um, but anyway, like the Bengals can see the future and they know, you know, they have faith in this staff because they've seen what they've done. At least some people do. Some people don't. Uh, they know that Joe Burrow's coming back, all those things. With this, like, man, they just don't have any, like, Louisville fans just don't have anything to look forward to right now in men's basketball. That sucks. And it's tough to to blame anybody for whatever way they're coping with this. Whether it's turning it all off, not going to games, or going to every game. Whatever you choose to do. I'm not sitting in judgment of you. Unless you're being just mean and nasty to people. <laughs> then, yeah, I'm sitting in judgment of you. You know, I don't want to make light of the fact that injuries have become an issue with this team. And uh, with J.J. Trainer, uh, obviously. And Dennis uh, Evans obviously being just a sure, gone. right? Yeah, un- uh, unfortunately. Look, they were shorthand against Pitt, but Pitt's not good. Yeah. And that game was never in doubt. Like, this is what I, I – a debate none of us will miss uh, anymore. And that's saying this isn't good enough, being greeted with, well, you have to take into account all of these things. And then you can very easily take into account every single one of those things, and it's still, still far worse enough. than it ought to be. Yeah. And this started last year when everyone right. was like, you know, you have to understand, we're, we were still under the uh, NCAA cloud, sure. and this and that. Yep. And Chris Mack did a number on us, this and that. Like, that's all true, but this is literally the worst season in Louisville basketball history. How could you got to account for that? I just want some accountability like and i just want somebody to tell me how they're going to make it better instead of hitting me with platitudes and, and basically treating me like i wouldn't understand you know and and acting like four and 28 was ever okay or or even close to understandable like when you hit me with all those things i would expect you to be like all right they went 12 and 18 and even then it's like it's not acceptable but whatever you know it's 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 Closer to reasonable, yeah. You know, uh, four wins, and this year we haven't. Just remember, it is January of his second season, and we are not at double-digit wins for Kenny Payne's career here. Yeah, during the game, uh, the CW uh, announcers, they, well, no, was it? Yeah, it was a CW crew. It was, but it was not Corey Alexander, and they clearly got the me- uh, the the memo about. Don't be Corey Alexander. Yes, yeah. basically, right? Yeah. Don't do that. And a couple of times said some pretty kind of funny and profound things. Like, this is a fan base that wants Final Fours in Elite Eights, not eight wins. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Like, ugh. But I, I think that was a welcome change for some of what we've heard up to this point. Oh, it was. Yeah. And I think that overall this year, there's been more of that. Obviously, Corey Alexander is a massive right exception and you will run into crews especially ones that aren't as dialed into the acc that'll just say because they're not as educated on on louisville period and it's hard to be that local with everybody exactly and they'll just they'll be very passive with the stuff they say about kenny general or the season overall and everything i understand i'm not sure i don't need my announcers to be like 
And here's another thing Kenny Payne's doing wrong. I just don't need them to, to either head pat or blame the fans. Yeah, don't lie and gaslight us. Like I, I'm, yeah, that was last year. It was not acceptable then, but understandable more so this year. It's like don't don't tell us that he's going to get a turnaround. We've seen no evidence to the contrary. Yeah, like like give me some evidence that that's going to happen, Corey Alexander. Don't just well, hey, hey, there's, say there's hey, recruits you guys coming. Be... They just want Kenny yeah, Payne I... to be a shirted third year. Yeah, which which recruit? Let's uh, <laughs> let's get Harold. There's recruit coming. Let's Maybe. Get, let's get Harold in here. Harold, welcome into the drive on Nintendo. What's up, buddy? Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey, bud. Um, What's up, Harold? I was happy. Well, not happy. Happy isn't the right word. I, I was calling in even killed. But then you fired me up when we started talking about Chris Mack leaving the program in a bad way. Now, I will say this. If you want to tell me from a mental aspect the program was left in a bad way, 100% agree. If you want to tell me from a cupboard's bare talent aspect couldn't disagree more right because we see what players who chris mack had recruited are doing this season if if folks were out there not looking decent not looking like college how about this not looking like college basketball players not looking like d1 basketball players okay but the fact that we had d1 athletes who are doing solid things at other programs Four wins is inexcusable. What really got me excited, though, was you all talking about the defense because that's it. Offense will come and go. Defense is all about want to and heart. And I don't give us any passes for injuries either because, you know, you brought up the Bengals. They went out there with Jake Browning and continued to stay in the hunt. Now, we are talking about professionals, but – my belief was that our current head coach was going to recruit us to victories. And so that would mean that we have depth. That would mean that we identified and targeted folks who came from good families, who want to be at UofL, who aren't going to make other choices and will follow through on their commitments. And so when I look at us and I hear injuries, I get it to an extent. You told me we were a 40-minute pressing team. All right. Injuries make sense, 100% sense. You know, we, we can't get out there and play our press effectively. You know, if you told me we were exerting tremendous amounts of energy, right, I get it. But the fact that we haven't developed our roster, you know, that's, that's one aspect of it. The fact that we, that we aren't really doing anything competently, you know, we didn't win the free throw battle. If free throws are the way that we win and we're not winning the free throw battle, then, then okay, right? Like, we didn't do that thing. So I, I have a hard time with any excuse um, other than I'm not coaching the right things or I'm not getting our team prepared or we aren't focused on the right things. I mean – we sure can. I mean, I haven't seen it since that one game, but we, we practiced the fall-away lob to the other side of the rim. Can we, can we run that some more? Like, I missed that play. Can, can, we get, can we bring that back? Can we run it? So my, my thing is it's all to the point where, like you said, I'm feeling insulted. I think the defensive effort, that's insulting. The coming out and talking about fight, but then first play of the game, 
we, we got Olay. That's insulting. The things that you tell me that this team needs to do, if they aren't doing it, it's insulting. But at the end of the game, if I'm not mistaken, I think our, our coach, did, did he say we fought this game? He saw a fight. We didn't let go of the rope. All right. So you you got to get the team to understand the fight. Well, they fought and we still lost. So what's next? Do like again, I don't see a path forward when all we're talking about is fighting and we're not playing good solid defense and we don't really feel like a team that has any sort of identity except for the lack of an identity. I mean, our identity is being confused. Whether you're on offense, we're confused. Whether you're on defense, we're confused. I mean, we are one cut from a player away from scoring. Like, that's, that's our thing. If somebody makes the right cut at the exact right moment, then our offense looks amazing. But most of the time, folks are standing around. So it, it's insulting basketball. It's insult, insulting rationale. And um, last thing I'm going to say is, you know, y'all talked about Jeff Brown a little bit. Who do we have coming in for 2024? And I don't want to hear the transfer portal because I was told by our coach initially that's not the way. Now, all of a sudden, it's the way. Which is it? So then if we are confused as a program as to the direction forward, there is no direction forward. Period. I'm sorry for getting so amped up, so impassioned. You know, it's not even 1 o'clock here on the West Coast, so I need to calm down because I have a whole afternoon ahead of me. But um, I hope that you all have a great day. And, Kenny, if you are listening to this, I want nothing more than for you to succeed. But you have to figure out what direction that is, lean into it, and push the team there. Unfortunately, at this point, it is all on you. Y'all have a great afternoon. Appreciate it as always, Harold. Harold's been uh, downright uh, Churchillian lately uh, with some of these calls. Yeah, uh, and he's not wrong in the least. See, he's impassioned, but he's not yelling. Right, and there were no insults. So you don't there. have to. You don't have to there apologize a, for that. There wasn't a single insult uh, there at all. Uh, th- that was here's what I think, and here's what I think it means. And I, 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 I'm glad to hear him that he agrees with us. There really is a sense when you're talking about basketball that defense is kind of the the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Like I can I find out if if a team believes in the, what the coach is telling them and cares about each other because a, a either loafing it or somebody who is reckless, kind of the the opposite error. Uh, that person does not care about his teammates at all. Yeah. In the least. I think and, it's like the when he talks about the, uh, the the cupboard is bare situation with like I I I tend to think that it was in the middle and I acknowledge that last year was like the talent isn't good enough for Louisville but the talent isn't non-existent you know it just and even if it was it's still on Kenny because he had the opportunity to turn that roster over when he got hired and ironically the two guys that that left Dre Davis and his brother. It was incoming. I mean, Dre's killing it at, at Seton Hall. He averages like 13.5 points, 5.5 uh, rebounds. Um, one of the better players on an up-and-coming team in the in the Big East. Uh, Tay's playing pretty good for a bad Notre Dame, Notre Dame team. So, yeah. like, they're, they're probably the two best players that we missed out on, and they're the two we let walk that first year. 
Because frankly, L. Ellis looks not good. He's not getting a lot of clock for Arkansas. And Arkansas is in free fall too. It's bad. Like Arkansas is just not good. Um, Sidney Taylor's not not great. Roosevelt Wheeler is non-existent. Jalen Withers has started some games, but he's he's a role player in North Carolina. Um, and, what about uh, Fabio? How's he doing? Who? Fa- Fabio's on Jupiter. I don't know what Fabio's doing. <laughs> but like, it, it's the whole point is like you can't wash your hands of anything from last season if you're Kenny Payne. And that was his reaction to any question brought up. Like, well, we didn't have the opportunity to get anybody else. Like, what are you talking about? You chose to bring all those guys in or keep all those guys. You chose to to target like three people in the tar- in the transfer portal, and when you missed out on them, you didn't go after the other two thousand. You know, you. I understand you couldn't recruit freshmen. I get the cloud. I'm not discounting that. Right. But you didn't max out what you had. You didn't. You certainly didn't max out what you had, which was the point last year. But you also didn't go mining in that transfer portal. And now you've discovered the transfer portal halfway through your second year. Probably a combination of the fact that you're looking at every other team around you that's going older. And there are no freshmen that are signed with you. None. It's a little too late for that. I want to play two clips from Kenny on the other side here. That uh, in addition to things being what they are, uh, it's always worrisome when he tries to diagnose the situation. And we'll talk about that as well here. On the other side, on the drive on I-10 the ball. 